Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. <laughs> You're listening to the Red Sea Podcast, part of the Over the Monster Network. Red Sox fans have longed to hear it. The Boston Red Sox are world champions. Hosted by Jake Devereaux. It's gone. It's into the bullpen. This game is tied. This game is tied. David Ortiz. David Ortiz. David Ortiz. And featuring Keaton DeRocher. It's a grand slam. I'm telling you. The presenting sponsor of today's podcast is Fifth Element CBD. Fifth Element is ultra-high milligram CBD focused on relief and recovery after a workout. They are specially designed for people with an active lifestyle from weekend warriors to professional athletes to bucket list gym enthusiasts. Fifth Element, a.k.a. 5E, is full-spectrum high milligram hemp to help you whenever, wherever you need it, whether it's after the gym or after work. Get yours today to feel better tomorrow by visiting 5ehemp.com and use the promo code MONSTER for 50% off. Yes, you heard that right. 50% off. Half off. That's 5ehemp.com and use the code MONSTER. Go to 5ehemp and get 50% off. That's the number 5, the letter E, hemp.com. Welcome back or... For the first time, too. I don't really know what we're doing here. Um, 
Probably should have thought of this before I started talking, but this is the Over the Monster podcast. Uh, you may, may remember this title from last season when it was me and Jake. Uh, it is no longer me and Jake. I should say I'm Matt Collins speaking, by the way. Um, really nailing this intro already. Uh, like I said, no longer me and Jake. I am now joined today and for the rest of the year by local... Hmm, how do I want to say this? Local hater? Local grump? Uh, Brian Joyner. Brian Joyner is back in the podcast network after a couple of years off. Hello, Brian. Welcome back. I'd say curmudgeon is the best because that implies... It, impl- it like it implies a little bit of charm to it, and I hope that I have a little bit. Um, but I've had two years to stew in hate juices, so I don't know how much charm there will be. But I'm ready for 2021. Yeah, I figured we spend this whole uh, we'll spend an hour today talking about the uh, Mookie Betts trade, and then go from there. Blake Swihart, right after that. <laughs> we will not talk about either of those things, thankfully. Um, but we are going to talk first. Uh, well, we're not really going to talk about it, but I feel like I should mention it because this news just broke about an hour before we were recording. Uh, I'm pretty bummed out by it. Triple A season is being pushed back a month, uh, hopefully only a month. Uh, they're waiting to get the players vaccinated. Minor league players have to fly commercial. Uh, they don't want to deal with a situation where a Triple A player uh, gets infected and then gets called up the next day and causes an outbreak in the Major League roster. Uh, there's a whole conversation we can have about them caring more about an outbreak on the Major League roster than minor league players getting infected, but we'll save that for another day. Uh, but yeah, minor league baseball will not be starting until May. They'll be bringing back the alternate site um, for April, just like last year. Um, yeah, I don't know if you have anything to add. I'm, I'm kind of sad about it, but it makes sense. Yeah, I, I think that it was never really top of mind to me, but just from having paid any attention to how Major League Baseball has treated the minor leagues recently, uh, it does not surprise me whatsoever. So we'll do what we can. The one, the one good thing here is that we don't have to see that uh, Worcester mascot for another month. Put that on the back burner. The, well, the, they will. The only thing they will be able to do is tweet, so it's possible, but they still get you. Oh man, I don't even know if I follow them on Twitter. I probably should. It's kind of my job. But they will find you. <laughs> the Salem Red Sox loves my Twitter account. They're the only part of the Red Sox organization I think that likes me, but the Salem Red Sox do like me. Um. All right. Yeah. So we'll probably have a little more to say on that later in the show as we talk about some guys that. Would be, will be, who knows, at AAA. Uh, but first, uh, since Brian has not been on all offseason, I figured we'd do a quick little offseason wrap before we move on to 2021. And uh, most logical place to start there is your favorite move. What What were you most pleased with this winter from the Red Sox? I thought they made a lot of extremely appropriate moves for what they're clearly trying to do, um, which in my opinion is sort of tread water while they get better and collect assets. And I was tempted to say uh, Enrique Hernandez. I was tempted to say Garrett Richards. And they all seemed sort of the same type of move. Hunter Renfro, that's another one. I think my favorite move was the Andrew Benintendi trade. And I know that that... You love Franchi. 
Well, I love the idea of Franchi. Yes. Um, I love his name. I love the idea of his game. I've just, I, I do, I am amused by trading Benintendi, this cerebral um, guy who couldn't, who, who's clearly in his own head um, and isn't a big power hitter for the exact opposite type of player. But I, I like Benintendi and want him to succeed. And I think it's a good landing spot for him. And I think that given the Red Sox were sort of backed into a corner with it, I mean, they weren't, when when it comes down to the nuts and bolts, they can do whatever they want. But to me, this was a deal that benefited the team and benefited the player. Ultimately, um, even if you're taking a little bit of a haircut on expectations, you know, that is a sunk cost that that's over. So I liked uh, what I liked what they did. Uh, I liked what they did with that. What what was yours? Uh, well, it wasn't the Benintendi trade. I actually didn't really love that trade too much. Um, but I'm not a big Cordero guy. I don't really like the swing and miss. Red Sox have enough of those. Um, I mean, I feel like Garrett Richards is just the easy default answer, but that's sometimes the easy default answer is just the way to go. Um, I mean, I wanted Corey Kluber in that sort of category of enticing injury prone veterans on a short term deal. Um, but that Richards got the team option for next year um, in case they catch lightning in a bottle. I think that puts him a little over the top on Corey Kluver, who by all accounts was never going to agree to that option and just wanted the straight one-year deal. Um, and I mean, this whole Red Sox rotation is basically dreaming on everything going right. And so Richards kind of fits that and you can dream on everything going right for him i mean the chances of that happening of him staying healthy and pitching to his potential or something close to it is probably something around like 10 percent. but it's enough to dream on just like it's enough to dream on avaldi and i love watching nathan avaldi i love rooting for nathan avaldi so having another nathan avaldi in tow with a mustache to boot um that works for me I don't want to step on one of the future um, uh, you can go ahead questions here. Well, you have uh, one thing we're going to talk about is a player who basically got away. And I figured that that was just a setup to say someone like Kluber, but to step, but to definitively step on what I was going to say then is I, I, I the difference between Richards and Kluber to me, um, I'm not disappointed as much in Kluber because I would imagine that Kluber is just chasing a ring. And Richards is trying to sort of rebuild his value. I mean, Kluber has... I don't think that's right. You don't Um, think so? I think Kluber... I mean, I I think you... I'm assuming that the Yankees are a better team helped. um, But it seems like it was the... His, like, personal coach or his personal trainer. I don't really know who this guy is. um, But he works for the Yankees. That seemed to be the big separating factor. Well, right, and I I did not know that, but it sort of dovetails with Kluber to the Yankees seemed to me to be a competitive choice, um, and I that's obviously not an angle that one could predict, but uh, or sort of you I could have read it, but I, I wouldn't have picked it up out of thin air. I just wasn't surprised uh, with Kluber, and wasn't as disappointed though I did think like you did he would be a, a great fit, but anyhow. 
Um, Garrett Richards, I, I was going to say that I just, the, the one thing I want to say about Franchi quickly is that I listening to a lot of podcasts this last year, because what else are you going to do? And was listening to Jeff Gun Jeff Van Gundy talk about a three point shooter who would shoot all the time versus one who was good and was afraid to shoot. And he was talking about how if someone was going to shoot all the time, it kind of didn't matter to some degree how good they were because you still had to defend it. That's how I feel with Franchi. I'm not a huge fan of the swing and the miss, but it's still there. And the other team still has to deal with it in a way that I think is maybe more ultimate uh, of a problem than Benintendi at this point would have been for opposing pitchers. So to me, it's sort of a more one-to-one value proposition of who do you think ultimately would be more valuable. But that's just speculation, obviously. Yeah, I mean, that's not unfair. I think the Cordero-Benintendi comp or whatever you want to call it, um, I mean, it just—it seems like it's a just a classic ceiling versus floor. I mean, if both of the guys hit their ceiling, Cordero is the easy choice. But if both of the guys hit their floor, Cordero is out of baseball. I think Benintendi, assuming 2020 wasn't an actual floor because it was like 10 games or whatever, um, I, I just Benintendi just seems like somebody who's at least a major league player. Well, yeah, I mean, I feel like he's built for a longer term, but right now. You know, he might not be the better choice, but I guess my greater point is that it's sort of, to me, obviously, I think I'm in the minority on this. It kind of didn't matter because it was just time to move on. But no, I think that's, (laughs) I think that's probably, I think I agree with that. I don't really have a, I I didn't, I never had a problem with dealing Benintendi in a vacuum. It was just a specific deal I wasn't crazy about. And obviously I can't, can't judge it too harshly in either direction because, we don't even know half the return yet. Three of the prospects have yet to be named, so um, that could obviously swing it. Uh, so let's go to the other side of the coin. Least favorite thing that happened this winter. This is... Uh, I say, Just as I had trouble picking a favorite thing because all the moves sort of seem the same. I sort of felt the same with least favorite. But I'll just go with re-signing Martin Perez. I just find it so uninspiring, um, even if you need pitchers. Um, I just, I get most of these moves trying to find the value ceiling, but this is one where I just don't see it. So it's not that it's bad. I'm just, I just don't care. I think that's a good choice. I don't even think of that. Honestly, I kind of forgot that he was never not on the team. Um, Martin Perez is weird. People love Martin Perez, and I just... I think if you need, like, a reminder of how bad the Red Sox pitching was last year, just look at how much... Like, people literally say Martin Perez Day. It's a guy who, like, runs a 5 ERA every year, and he has his own day, so... Um, that's actually a pretty good choice. Um, I was going to say Hunter Renfro, but I think you swung me. Um, but Renfro... Another guy that I don't really like his style of play, um, and I thought he could have been a nice signing if they like signed a center fielder, and then he could have just been like a short side of the platoon and played like seventy games unless he started swinging hot bat, and then he 
earned his way more, but now he's just gonna have to play a ton, and I just he, it's not really his fault. It's just they didn't do enough around him in the outfield to me, um, and I just I'm afraid he's gonna play too big of a role, and I'm not very confident that he's gonna be very good. Yeah, I don't mind it as much just because I don't expect anything um, huge out of the team this year, but I certainly certainly not exciting. I mean, he's definitely the best player they signed this year who has phonetically the exact same name as a receiver in the NFL inexplicably. Um, but yeah, it, it, I am probably less annoyed by that now than I was at the time, just because they need bodies. And also it seems like, and we will get to this too, the JBG JBJ question is settled. So, um, and yeah, I mean, I think I should say it's like you were saying, all these deals are sort of clumped together in a way that I, I mean, I don't hate the Hunter Renfro signing. It's just if I had to pick one, I guess I would go with him. Although you kind of put that Martin Perez idea in my mind, and now I think I would switch my answer to him. Um, all right, player that they didn't get, um, and this this can include Jackie Bradley or Jake Odorizzi or somebody who's still out there. Uh, a player either who signed somewhere else who got or who got traded uh, that you think they should have been in on. Well, I was going to say, I kind of don't feel comfortable picking someone that they didn't get and say that they uh, were beaten out on because I don't know what happened. But then, um, and I didn't want to pick JBJ just because it's so top of mind. The player I did pick was the other one you mentioned. I picked Jayco to receive just because... <laughs> To me, if you have to say, would you rather forget everything else? Would you rather have Jake Odorizzi or Martin Perez? I'd say Jake Odorizzi. And he seemed to me to be the easiest guy. I think it would, I think it would probably be Odorizzi or Richards. Um, I'd probably still rather have Odorizzi. But, um. Yeah, I mean, that, but he's definitely the guy who, in looking at the unsigned pitchers, seemed to be the name that stood out. And I mean... He played for Tampa, so, you know, he's got the qualifications. That was the obvious fit. Um, I mean, that's just anybody who played for Tampa is like, all right, they're, they're going to be on the Red Sox for better or for worse, usually for worse. Um, but in terms of people that got moved or signed somewhere else, like the top names, I, I was super underwhelmed by the Red Sox offseason. At the same time, there just weren't that many top names that either fit or were realistic. Like GT Romuto, they weren't going to sign a catcher. Um, Trevor Bauer's an asshole, um, so I'm very glad they didn't they didn't touch that. Um, DJ DJ was never leaving the Yankees. Springer, I guess, was a fit. Um, it never really seemed realistic. The only big name that got moved that I thought they could have and should have went after is you Darvish because he got traded for two teenagers, even the Red Sox farm system. They could have, they could have found something to get you Darvish. Um, but other than that, I mean, the headliners of this off season, a, it was a weak, weak class and B, they just didn't really fit. And then on the trade side, I mean, Francisco Lindor and Blake Snell, um, Lindor wouldn't have had a spot on this roster because they're not moving Bogarts off shortstop, and then they don't have the prospects. They didn't have the prospects to get Blake Snell, so it's really just you, Darvish, was the only 
top tier guy that I felt like they had a chance on. And that and that I understand. I understand them not doing it, but I do understand. You're saying I do think it's not a good sign, um, but it is a certainly representative one that the Red Sox just sort of didn't even have a shot at George Springer. Who you'd think if there's any player coming in the middle of their career, um, given where he's from and given the need, uh, that they the Red Sox in a stronger position uh, would be in on that he would he would be the guy. And he seems to have been like, well, I mean, Toronto's the same thing, but they're actually good. Um, they're a little bit further away. So uh, I get that. I mean, I just, I, I'm with you. I understand the time, the timing wasn't right. I mean, look, these players, in some cases, you know, when they're signing free agent contracts, they have to want to play there. I mean, there is yeah, the I mean, money that's half aspect. The, that's half the... Uh... It's half the battles. Yeah, they, obviously the money is there too, but yeah, they have to want to play. They have to want to play here. And then um, on the trade market, the team has to want to try to get better. And the Padres and um, the Mets are the Mets largely because of new ownership are teams that want to be good. Uh, and the Red Sox aren't. They don't. They clearly don't expect to play at that level right now i think yeah, yeah. no I, I i think that's right and i think the springer point is probably the best one there it is really weird that it was just assumed from the get-go i mean it makes sense for all the reasons you just said but yeah i mean it just if you had said that like a few years ago that george springer would be in his prime and a free agent and the Red Sox would have a glaring need in the outfield and it just wouldn't even be considered a possibility. Um, it's, it's a pretty good indicator of where things are right now. I'm a little bit afraid of the, the Blue Jays, to tell you the truth. I think the Blue Jays are awesome. I think the team, if there's one team that I'm like way off on this year, it's probably going to be the Blue Jays because I think they are just sick. They're certainly fun. <laughs> they certainly, certainly have swag to burn. Yeah, I think they're. I don't know. I. I. I, I think they're going to be. I think they're easily the second best team in the division. Well, I mean, not everyone can be the Orioles. <laughs> the Orioles aren't even the worst team in baseball, which is just terribly sad. Um. All right, Jackie Bradley Jr. We've mentioned him a few times already. Uh. Will they sign him? Should they sign him? I mean, I feel like the the answer, I'd say they won't sign him, so whether they should doesn't seem to matter to me. I mean, maybe they'll surprise me, but it seems, I mean, this is a very, very small sample size, but they keep rolling. Jaron Duran out there to play center field and bat near the top of the lineup. It seems to me to be... Um, they're telegraphing their, maybe not their shortest term plan, but they're probably short to medium term, and certainly their long term plan at left field. And the, the other half of it is that they haven't signed him by now. So, yeah, nobody signed him by now. I don't know. It seems like I don't think they're going to sign him either. But I just I don't know who is. It just the Astros seem to make the most sense, but they, I mean, every report says they're out. Um. The Diamondbacks just lost Cole Calhoun today. I guess they could be 
option. I don't really know what the Diamondbacks are doing right now. Um, but I think you're right. I think Duran is a major part of the equation for the Red Sox. I don't think they want to sign anybody long-term for that spot because they want it to be Duran's, um, which, I mean, that's that's how Jackie Bradley Jr.'s career in Boston got started is they didn't sign Jacoby Ellsbury, so nobody would block Bradley, and now they get the next guy in line. So um, I'm hoping that they sign him. I'm not expecting it at all. Um, but, I mean, if his market craters to the point where he – it's just going to take a one-year deal and then try and go back to free agency next year. Um, at that point, I think they have to be all over it because Durant's not starting the year in the majors. So just get the guy for one year, and you can find a spot for Durant. Jacoby Ellsbury started in left, his career in left field. Durant can do that too. So I, my, my only – I don't disagree theoretically, but I just wonder if the Red Sox just want to wash their hands of it. Um, but that is – uh, that's sort of like an, uh, you know, I can't predict that. I don't know if Haim Bloom just wants to, like, admit, I don't, I don't know if he his opinion is well. Yeah, sure, we would sign anyone at X price, and I would assume it was, it is. But the the dynamics of leaving a player of his uh, uh, unique stature and contribution level dangling this long leads me to believe that they just won't bring him back now i hope that what you say is right but it's just not the sense i get no i i agree i i think there's a pretty slim chance it's just i don't know at some point he's gonna have to do something and the red sox are one of the i mean there's not a ton of teams that need a center fielder right now the red sox are one so holding out a little bit of hope. Um, yeah, so that's the off season. Um, but spring training has started. There have been three spring training games and, uh, nothing about the results really matters that much, but it has been so in a way that I haven't felt about spring training in a very, very long time. It has been so good to have that on in the background, whether it be, radio or tv yeah i love it and i i also love the the fact that because there aren't split squad games that the it seems to me at least you know they have to cram more of the players into every game um more starters into the lineup and that is more interesting to me now it might mean that not everyone feels like they're ready. Not everyone gets um, as much of a shot to prove themselves going into a season. But I do think that there's an element of um, there might have been too too many games in spring trainings specifically so that they could have more spring training games and collect revenue uh, related there too. But um I totally agree with you that this is just even when baseball comes back to me usually it feels like baseball's back and there's there's just where did we leave off and we're we're picking right back up and there's a million things going on whereas this just seems all 
so fresh and, and interesting in a way that it doesn't usually and probably won't again in the future. Um, you know? I, I yeah, don't I don't think, think I'll ever really care about spring training again <laughs> after this year. Um, and honestly, the shine will probably come off at some point in the next week or so because um, I'm just cynical like that. But uh, for now, I'm enjoying it. Um, yeah, I mean, it's really cool. Like today, they faced Wander Franco, who just turned 20, I believe. And, you know, people haven't really seen the guy play until you, and the Red Sox have their own prospects, of course. But these are people we haven't gotten to see in like two years, uh, these kids. And it's, it's awesome. I mean, it's just awesome. Think about their lives and they, this should be the best time of their lives to go out to prove it. And they've been waiting and they're just, I, I'm happy that the people get to do it. I'm happy we get to see it when we get to see it. And I'm sure there, I mean, there are, I have conflicted feelings about this myself, but I mean, I'm sure the players are psyched to actually have fans back, even if it's like five people per section. Um, That was the thing about the game on the radio. It was just, just, the first thing I noticed was like, oh, yes crowd reactions and and they were talking about it they were talking about it too and like the smells of the game you know people talk about that stuff all the time and we've heard it thousands of time and it's it's just one in one year and out the other this is the one time where i'm like yes i get it down to my bones exactly um i will not take that well i probably will take that stuff for granted again but not the next time Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Of course we will. Yes. <laughs> Just how we are. It's been um, three games. Like, we'll be toast by the third week in April. Oh, I'm, I tried the second week of March. Um, Before so, or after Garrett Richards gets hurt. Oh, come on, man. Sorry. <laughs> That's Sorry. just bad juju. Sorry. <laughs> All right. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Let's go more positive. Uh, people that you are players, you are looking forward to see to seeing the most uh, this spring. I mean, it's just, for me, it's just the prospects. I mean, it's it's I mean, it's probably Downs specifically. You love Downs. I do. And I think that. Duran had a lot of alternate site highlights and he's gotten a lot of smoke um, 
but Jeter Downs and like Downs has been traded twice and has sort of just stayed under the radar, but he's really good. And I mean, he opposite field home run yesterday. Uh, I'm, but it's falls into the same category of players. We haven't seen um, in a while uh, in truly competitive environments. And the other thing with Duran is we've seen all the Duran highlights from the Caribbean. Um, and so that doesn't, he, and they've been awesome. So I am excited to see him, but uh, I'm more excited just to see Downs because I haven't gotten to. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I love Duran. Um, but I mean, I think another guy fits that category of people we haven't seen in competitive baseball for a while, but not a prospect. Um, Eduardo Rodriguez. I don't understand, and I'm not saying they're lying. I, For all of the bad things I can say about the Red Sox, I don't think they're going to put um, one of their players' like legitimate health at risk. Like, it could be with Rodriguez. But I don't understand how he's already back to just, like, being in a normal spring training after not being able to walk on a treadmill for, like, three months. Um, but apparently he is. So I'm pretty psyched to see that with my own eyes, I guess. Um, I'm also probably going to be holding my breath every time he pitches this year because it's kind of, I mean, the whole thing is scary. But, um, I mean, he was, that was, like, the worst part of last season and kind of for me put a black cloud over the whole season was just everything that happened with him so um being able to see him pitch again and hopefully pitch well and pitch healthy uh this spring and go through a normal spring is something i'm is gonna make me happy and it's gonna make me get more into the spring than i already am yeah that's a that's a great that's a great thing i i thought that Last year, I mean, it was terrifying. Um, I did think that his COVID experience was used disingenuously in argument, disingenuously in arguments against their playing baseball, for which there were plenty of properly good arguments. Yeah, I don't even, did he even get infected? I don't even know that he got infected when he was with the team. He didn't, and it yeah. was it, it was before it was it happened right as they were announcing everything, so it got conflated. Yeah. And I understood that, and I generally understood. I mean, I was one of the people who didn't think they should be playing, but yeah, I don't think Rodriguez was really an example of that. Right, I, I have no problem with the argument that they shouldn't have been playing. I have zero argument. But anyhow, long story short, is I agree with you um, that it's bad. I, it's great he's back. I am not as worried um, just because I I mean, I'm more worried because he's a pitcher than because he had COVID. I just have a nervous personality. I get nervous about everything. That's fair. I just, I think that he's more I mean, the fact that he's Injury prone is what bothers me, not not the COVID part. And I mean, I think from a baseball perspective, um, and I mean, look, I have no medical knowledge. I was terrible at biology and anatomy and that sort of stuff. Um, but I mean, my understanding of myocarditis is that it has some pretty serious fatigue issues. So, I mean, I think 
I would like to be put at ease that he can still handle a starter's workload. Um, because when I when this first happened, from the baseball perspective, sort of the first thought was he might just have to be a reliever now. Um, so I don't think that's the case. It, by all accounts, it's not. But I still would like to see him be able to work his way up to that starter's workload. Yeah, uh, me too. I would like to also see that. Um, all right, so we're going to move on to some team award predictions. Um, there are a bunch of... I shouldn't say a bunch. I think there were like three. Uh, but there were some people that were asking listener questions about uh, team MVP predictions and things like that, so I figured we could just make that into a whole segment um, and start with uh, team MVP. So I think this is just... It's sort of a coin flip. Um, I'm going to pick Xander over Raphael Devers um, because I think uh, his floor of excellence um, and sort of forefront being the shortstop will make him you know i don't i'm not even believing myself as i'm saying it um because devers is so good uh i'm gonna switch i'm gonna say devers i, I was gonna say it sounds like you want to say devers yeah i want to say devers i've talked myself into it. i'm scratching off on my pad here devers do you actually have good. a pad he's too good i have a i wrote down all my answers yes both like pad and paper yeah that is Leaning into the role of the old man. Yeah, um, yeah. I I don't even think it's a coin flip. Um, I think it's Bogarts. I don't really see a case for anybody else, to be honest with you. Um, I think Sandra Bogarts is clearly the best player on the team. Um, I think Rafael Devers is awesome. I love Rafael Devers. I think he's a great hitter. I think Bogarts is has as good of a ceiling as Devers and I am much less worried about Bogart's going through bad stretches. I don't I'm not worried about Devers having a bad season, but I'm worried about him going through bad stretches. Bogart's is just so good to the point where it's just kind of boring how good he is offensively. Yeah, um, I think I was I think that's what I was try, kind of trying to say. I think I guess here I'm thinking with my stomach here because I do think the ceiling probably favors Devers by a smidge because I could see Devers hitting 56 home runs in the year if everything broke exactly yeah. right. And if that, like, it won't happen. It won't happen. Or fifth, let's say 50. Everything would have to break exactly right, but it could happen. If that happens, you're going to win the MVP of your team. I mean, you're, you're going to you be recognized the MVP of your team, even if you're not. Um, because someone could be like Xander Bogarts. Well, I should have stuck with my first uh, first answer, I guess. <laughs> I mean, I, Xander Bogarts is like his twenty nineteen. That season is so miserable that I think it kind of got lost. But he was so he hit thirty three home runs. Um, he was a seven win player on Fangraphs. Twenty nineteen um, home runs. The in twenty twenty the the, cal- the exchange oh, for rate. Sure. 
Um, but but fair. For sure, but we look at Devers' 2019 as like the big breakout year he saw he can be. And he was worse than Bogarts that year. I mean, not he was worse than a great player. That's he was obviously still outstanding. Um, I don't know. I just feel like Bogarts is kind of taken for granted. Is probably the wrong word, but he's just. I don't think it's appreciated how good he is, and I think I'm hoping he like he's been playing. He played most of his career on the same roster as Wookie Betts, um, obviously, and he was never as good as Wookie Betts, but now. I'm hoping that this year, I mean, last season didn't count. Um, he was still very good, but nobody really cared about last year. I'm hoping now that people will see him as the guy on this team, and hopefully hopefully he's here forever. Yep. I agree with that. We can only hope. Um, all right, so Dark Horse MVP. Uh, my rules for Dark Horse means you can't pick Bogarts or Devers. Or Verdugo or uh, J.D. Martinez. So I picked Jaron Duran. Whoa. Well, look, I, I'm just going to say one thing with the rookies. I am just going to, especially in Duran's case, I'm just operating under the assumption that he will be up two weeks into April and that by even mid-June – the 14 days that he didn't spend on the major league roster or whatever are just an ancient memory. Now, if that doesn't happen, this is going to make this prediction very difficult. Yeah. I don't think it's going to happen. Right. Okay. But I'm saying if it did, the combination really of part of the excitement of a rookie doing all this stuff, but also uh, critically, he'd be in a high profile position defensively and, uh, would be presumably hitting at the top of the order, so the volume would be there. Uh, and if someone is going, someone outside of who you mentioned is going to be the MVP, they're going to have to rack up uh, appearances and, and at bats. And that's why, like, I mean, I think that you know we don't know how good Duran can be. And as good as, like, I think Marwin Gonzalez and Enrique Hernandez are. And I do like them quite a bit, actually. Uh, if he were to have an Ellsbury-like early season, it's an easy example to throw out. But if he were to get the at-bats and turn them into, like, set 80% of that Jacob El- Jacoby Ellsbury uh, huge season, obviously, 80% of that would still be great. Uh, seven, 60% of that would be great. But that was my pick. I'm into it. Um, I I don't think it's unlikely. I, yeah, I don't. I've been thinking. I mean, when I a couple of months ago, my assumption was Duran wouldn't be up until like August. Um, that seems to keep getting pushed up. So if he has like a monster spring, I guess I wouldn't really be surprised if he came up early. Nothing would really surprise me at that point. And then, I mean, they did it with Jackie Bradley Jr. That obviously worked out. Uh, horribly, he was one of the worst hitters I've ever seen when didn't, he first came didn't up. Didn't they bring him up when the season started? Yeah, they brought him up opening day. Yeah. Um, I just, I don't know. I, I guess I'm not really expecting at this point Duran to be up until June. Um, but again, he just keeps pushing that timeline up. So, not well, that's impossible. I, but the thing, the thing with him is that you know I talked about those Car- Caribbean series. Like the guys played a lot of baseball. Um, he he's 
in his defense, it doesn't seem like he's getting pushed up by hype. He's he's playing really well. Oh, he's uh, earning out the hype. He's yeah, he's really. It, it's a good. It's a good thing to, that we're facing now. It's good to be ex- this excited about a prospect that's been probably since Devers was after Benintendi. So yeah, Devers will be the guy. I was thinking today about how we just take for granted that you know Devers came up, but when he came up, it wasn't until they announced he was coming up. It was no one was even thinking that he was an option to play third, really, because he was 20, I think. It was the same with, um, not age-wise, but it was the same with Benintendi. Both those guys, they just... The Red Sox are... They're generally pretty good with, like, service time type things, and they've... I mean, we'll see... Well, Dombrowski wanted to win. Yeah, 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 for sure. Uh, But, I mean, they've generally been... Their philosophy has been once a guy's at double A, um, if they're raking, they're going to get called up. Um, the issue with Duran is that when he got called up to double A, he kind of stunk. Uh, but that was two years ago, and he's done all these other things that you've mentioned in the meantime. So it's it's kind of hard for me to figure out what they're going to do with him. Uh, but I would like okay, to see as soon as possible. But who um, is your dark horse MVP candidate? Mine is Christian Vasquez. Because uh, Christian Vasquez rules. Um, he has bizarrely turned into a good hitter, and he plays great defense at the most important defensive position on the field. So if he takes another step forward offensively and is like 115, 120 WRC plus with one of the best, while being one of the best defensive catchers in baseball, that's, that's a pretty damn good player. I totally agree. He's sort of turning into Yadier Molina uh, before our eyes. I was so I used to get so annoyed by that comp when he was like bad at hitting, and everybody would be like, "Oh, look at what happened to Yadier Molina." I'd be like, "Oh, that that's like such a outlier." And then yeah, yeah he's just doing it. So. It's, yeah, it's weird. It's you know, it's sort of like uh, you know, it, it it's just gradual player. I think of and I've. I've been told if you look at their stats you know it's like jimmy butler this guy who just got slow just kept getting better and you're like oh you're not he's not gonna get any better no they just keep getting better a jeff van gundy and a jimmy butler i listen to a lot of i don't watch basketball but i listen to basketball podcasts all the time that's Um, me with football uh so that's a great pick i mean he is he he probably is even more so than devers honestly the uh, and and certainly less than uh, I mean he is on the team as important as Xander or Devers uh, I think yeah especially given how bad their pitching is I mean having Vasquez behind the plate is just and he's a, their longest tenured guy now right yeah it's just crazy he's he's not he's thirty years old and yeah he's the oldest player in their lineup um, unless Marwin Gonzalez is. Um, all right, Cy Young. This is a bleak conversation. Cy Young. Well, no, because I took your boy. I took Ed. took Erod. Because he's the best. I mean, you don't know. Garrett Richards could do it. I fully admit that. But to me, looking at it right now, Erod is the best pitcher they got going. So I'm taking him. That's probably the right answer. Um, but I'm going to Valdi. 
Um, Obviously, after I wrote a column last year saying Valdi could win the Cy Award. <laughs> was that last really, year? That feels like that five was, years ago. Well, it was specifically last year because I was like, there's no games if he had 10 years. Oh, yeah, that's know. right. That is, that is right. Oh, man, that was like not even a year ago. That was like nine months ago. Jesus. Um, yeah, Valdi rules. Obviously, this would mean he would have to stay healthy, and that's not something I'm – super confident betting on but i'm not really all that confident betting on any of these pitchers staying healthy um i actually think there's a decent case to be made for chris sale um who maybe we'll talk about in a second uh but i mean Evaldi was really good last year um it was only nine starts but he got his walk rate back down to where it was in 2018 when he was also really good um, he was very bad in 2019 and his control was all over the place, but he was also pitching through an injury for a lot of that season. Um, I think Evaldi, people look at the contract and they hate the contract. And I think it kind of gets overlooked that he is still a good pitcher. He's not, he, the fact that he's in the running for their best pitcher, definitely not a good thing. Does not speak well of their pitching staff, but I think Evaldi is better than he gets credit for. I, I just like that guy just he can chuck it. That guy will chuck it as long as he can. He's so fun. And this is the same thing happened. I don't know if I don't remember if it's last spring training. It's certainly uh every time he has his first start of the season. But you it's like every time he goes and pitches, he's saying it on the radio, it's just easy ninety eight. That's yeah, all the ridiculous. guy can do. It's the only thing he can do. He's, like he's got a, the. I mean, I love his cut. His cutter is my favorite pitch. He's like he's got a ninety-five on or cutter that moves like a frisbee. That's, he's a great. He's just like a great ball ball player's ball player. I I do love him. Yeah, for sure. Um, but and I do agree with you. It could be Sale. I just. I mean, he's obviously the best pitcher of the bunch. That's not a question. It's just all the hedging in the world. Um. Still, I don't. I don't think I can quite get there. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think the, the fact volume that it, won't be there. I don't think the fact that it could be sale is just that speaks to the pitching staff more so than it speaks to sale. Um, because there's a scenario in which he pitches like just as many innings as all of these guys. Um, I I don't think that will happen. I think somebody will stay healthy. Probably Rodriguez would have the best chance. Um, and I mean, I guess I well. Before I throw out more names, uh, Dark Horse, and I said no, Rodriguez, Avaldi, or Richards. So I guess he could say I so. feel like this question is just specifically designed so I can be like, okay, fine. If he becomes the closer and everything goes right, Matt Barnes is just my Cy Young, baby. That's absolutely right. Yes. That, so I picked Matt Barnes. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think it has to be Matt Barnes. Although I think Chris Sale is like a pretty decent dark horse. If he comes back in like late June and makes 15 starts and he's like peak Chris Sale, um, he's probably the best pitcher on this team, even pitching half the season. I don't necessarily expect that to happen, but um, it's not out of the question. And I'm not. I'm not really trying to bet against Chris Sale. I mean, if Chris Sale had his way, he would be back the first week of May. What about Josh Taylor? Josh Taylor versus Chris Sale. Um, in what? <laughs> yes. Good. Good point. Good point. 
Um, but no, Barnes was that was basically a setup for not Barnes. And you passed. It was more. It's like a test. It's like test my worthiness. And you passed. I'm proud of you. Um, all right, rookie of the year. I feel like there's only one choice, but I think you're gonna pick Duran because you already. Well, yes. I was very confused by your, um, by your caveat for this for the yeah, next I question. Said, actually, I think Bobby because... Dalbeck is the chalk pick. Um, although I think Tanner Houck is somebody I didn't, I for some reason didn't think of when I was putting this together. I think he's another easy pick. But they're just gonna they're gonna get the volume, I think, more so than I expect Durant to get. But like you said, it could Durant could very well come up earlier than I expect. I all the the one thing I'll say with rookie of the year, um, which is the reason my dark horse for this is Downs and not Dahlbeck, uh, because also you said I couldn't pick Dahlbeck. Um, you said you said I could if I didn't pick him, but I just, I mean, yeah, he. He's probably the odds on favor, but I picked downs just because I think with rookie of the year specifically, it maybe makes volume is a little bit less important if you were to have like a great 60%, 60 last 60% of the season. But it's also why I call them a dark horse because I obviously know he's coming on later. So no, I mean, that's a, that's a good point about volume not really mattering. Um, I'm probably getting a little bit too aggressive on the prospects, but I mean, it's who knows? I mean, who knows how this season's going to go and there's going to be more injuries than usual. So they're going to have to call more on the depth. Um, I, and I think my dark horse would be, I mean, I've gone back and forth between Seabold and Mata. Um, I would probably go Seabold just because I think he's going to be up earlier. I think Mata's better, but he's probably not going to be up until later. Um, but I think, one or both of those guys are going to get a chance to stick in the rotation at some point this summer. And um, I could very easily see Seabold getting called up in like Memorial day weekend and then just staying in the rotation the rest of the year. Yeah. I could see that too. That's a good pick. Um, Thanks. Yeah. That's what I'm here for. (laughs) All right. Uh, Let's just uh, do some listener questions and then we'll wrap this bad boy up. Uh, Kenny asks, uh, will Sale be back to normal? Uh, what are you expecting from Sale when he comes back? I mean, 85% of Chris Sale. Um, I don't I don't expect him to be throwing quite as hard, and that's, mo- that's more just because you know, it's been a long time now. Uh, I think he'll be very good. I, I get sort of degrading Pedro vibes from him. But that, I mean, Pedro was good for a while. If if you think of him post-Red Sox, I mean, maybe I'm projecting here as not having been so good, but he was pretty good. No, Um, I think you're right. I think it was just he, you compare him to, like, capital P Pedro. Yeah. It's just a losing battle. Um, Yeah, I think I'm a little higher on Sale. I think it'll take him a little bit to get back, but I think by the time he's in, like, his fifth start um he'll be back to normal i think they're going to take it slow so um i'm not really worried about him getting rushed back and um the arm strength not totally being back i think they'll take care of all that and uh he'll be pretty good um kenny also wants to know your expectations on tanner hoke 
I, I have I have none. I just hope he's good. I think Tanner Houck is going to be the closer by the end of the year. Wow, your boy is not going to be happy. Uh, I think my boy is going to be on a different team. <laughs> wow. Well, all right, that makes sense. Uh, I makes think sense. the Red Sox are going to be out of it by the deadline, and they'll trade Barnes and probably Ottavino too. That makes sense. I did like the Ottavino move, by the way. Yeah, that was probably that probably deserved a mention with the best moves, um, because they also bought a prospect in the process. Uh, Mike Teague wants to know about the MLB. I, I didn't just say the MLB. I just switched sentences in the middle. Uh, MLB is changing the ball again. They're trying to deaden it and uh, reduce home runs. Um, points out that Vasquez has probably gotten the benefit from these juiced balls over the last few years um, and uh, is wondering if we should worry about Vasquez with the dead end ball and also if the Red Sox should consider trading him at his highest value. Uh, well, worrying isn't going to do any good. Um, and no, they should not consider trading him. Yeah, I, I hate the idea of trading Christian Vasquez. It's so hard to find a catcher. Um, Seems functionally impossible. Like, I know it's anything is possible. But it seems like the move that would be the most chaotic to, like, actually run the team the next day. Yeah, I mean, the time to trade him, and I didn't want them to do this, and I it was never going to happen. But, like, the only time to do it would have been early in the offseason. And if that would only make sense if you were willing to turn around and sign JT Realmuto. Um, which was never going to happen. And I frankly would rather have Vasquez, not because he's a better player, but because um, it's fun rooting for players that have been around for a long time. And that is Christian Vasquez. Um, Plus, I mean, his power will fall and maybe it'll fall a little bit more than everybody, but um, I mean, this stuff is all relative. Everybody's power is going to fall a little bit. So it's not that big. Plus you have your, your Vasquez gift collection is, is wonderful. Oh man. That's one of the best. That dancing yeah. one is just, I think about it almost every day. Um, Saf asks, well, we already talked about this. He wants to know if Duran gets called up this season. You think he gets called up in April. Um, I think it's more like June. But, again, he had a home run today. If he hits, like, seven home runs over the next month or something, he'll he'll get some juice. It wouldn't. It wouldn't be the craziest thing in the world if he's up earlier than I think. Yeah, I mean, just I. Again, it's been three days, but the two times he's played, he's batted second, and he's been sandwiched by regulars up at the top of the order. So it just might not mean anything, but he's certainly getting the reps up with the regulars, and he's making the most of it too. I mean, it's one thing to get those chances; it's another thing to actually do something with it and in a couple it's only a couple of games but yes he has done stuff um so i'm guessing i know your answer here but uh existential judge dread uh wants to know um who gets the red sox first mata seabold downs or duran well no i i i I mean to talk about it so my project some of my Dark Horse projections for Duran assume certain things. Yeah, that's fair. Not and necessarily. So I, I would say that like someone like Seabolt, like a pitcher can can be needed 
for any number of reasons at any uh, short notice. I'd say the pitchers first. It, it, I would never be surprised if they had to pick up a pull of a pitcher for any reason. It seems like the hitters are, it's much more planned in advance when it's going to happen. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think Seabold um, as well. Um, also asking about Nick York, who's also, uh, he's only played once, I believe, this spring, but he looked very good uh, last year's first-round pick. Um, they're asking if they think they'll push him to high A Greenville. Um, I would say the chances of that are pretty much zero. Um, yeah, Nick York very, is in high school at this point last year. Yeah, he's very, very young. He'll go to Salem. Um which, by the way, them switching Greenville and Salem switching levels is just designed to annoy me. It's the only explanation. Uh, all right, last question: Avery Dawson uh, asking about Xander Bogarts. Bogarts is out right now; a little bit of a banged up shoulder. Doesn't seem too serious. Uh, but Avery wants to know what they would do if Bogarts were to miss any real playing time do what they're doing now and they have Enrique Hernandez play short. Yeah, I think they probably cry. <laughs> they really don't have a ton of shortstop depth, but yeah, it probably would be Hernandez, um, maybe a little bit of Arroyo with the other one playing second base and Marwin Gonzalez. I'm sure Marwin can base, do it. But, um, yeah, they, that is probably their weakest position on the depth chart. So um, here's hoping nothing happens there uh but that is going to do it for this episode of the over the monster podcast uh please subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts uh give us a rating of five stars only um tell friends tell strangers uh, if you're vaccinated go walk up to people on the street and tell them to listen to us uh you can follow us on twitter uh brian is at Brian Joiner, Brian with a Y, join like join the verb ER. Um, I run the Over the Monster account at Over the Monster. Um, and you can find all of our writing at OverTheMonster.com. So thank you for listening, and we will see you next time.